I was still quite young when mother and daddy died. And, you know, I, I thought as a child and as I grew and the gospel really penetrated my heart and I became a Christian, the meaning of, Christ, of Christmas continues to go deeper and deeper into my heart as I understand what it really means that Jesus is God incarnate. His love is so great that He came down to be like us. And just this anticipation of Advent time, I didn't even have hope in Him before I was a Christian. And after Mother and Daddy died, I had no choice. I either I was going to hope in something else that wouldn't last, or I would hope in something that lasts. And now, Mundane Faithfulness presents, in partnership with South Park Crawlspace Records, the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast. the Mundane Faithfulness Podcast, where friends of Kara Tippett's gather to discuss issues of community, grace, hardship, and the gospel. I am your host, Blythe Hunt, and today we have a very special guest, one of my all-time favorite people in the whole wide world, my sister, Caitlin Leader, otherwise known as Lady L. So, Caitlin, we are talking about Christmas today, and One of the things I'd like to talk about is tradition and what traditions we did when we were little girls. One of Mother's big things was that she had made an Advent calendar. It was a Christmas tree, and every day of the month of Advent, we would take turns taking a little ornament out of a pocket and putting it on the tree, and Mm -hmm. whosever turn it was recited the Christmas story from Luke. Yeah. Do you remember any of the other traditions that we had? She had a nativity scene that she put out. Well, she had more than one, if I remember correctly. And um, then she didn't put uh, baby Jesus out until it was Christmas Day, wasn't it? That's true. And that always bothered me as a little girl because I wanted to play with it. But there was no baby (laughs) Jesus. And she would know if we had played with it because it was she did everything so perfectly and meticulously that if you... Um, creeped over and moved. Well, and she moved the wise men too. Like they started off far away. And as um, Epiphany, January 6th came around, Mm -hmm. then they would be at the nativity scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, And she also had those um, candles. The advent candles. So we had the wreath Mm -hmm. in the middle of the table. And she always lit one candle per week Mm -hmm. for the advent time. Yeah, for every And then on Christmas Eve... Yeah. And on Christmas Eve, she lit the fifth candle. Sometimes she had real like greenery in that wreath. Mm -hmm. And one time when I was like eight or nine, (laughs) I don't know why I was left alone at the table by myself with candles burning, (laughs) (laughs) but I set it on fire. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And thankfully I, I was quick enough to pour my milk on it and set it out before anybody came back and mother never said anything and I thought boy I really got away with that (laughs) like she didn't notice (laughs) 
so you you are not um, you did not marry into a famous family, but you married into a wonderful family. Yeah. Um, you did marry European. You live in Germany. Your husband is German, but your in-laws and your husband are actually Russian Germans. Well, yeah. So their heritage and ancestors are German, but they were moved to German uh, to Kazakhstan. I don't know, decades ago, and as refugees, they, right? Um, well, not quite. Catherine the Great was a German, and she married a Russian czar, and then she brought people with her oh, okay. to Russia. And then they stayed in their little villages. They only spoke German. They stuck with their German name and they had German passports, but they, you, you can't live in a culture for that long and not take on uh, Russian culture as well. So they, they are called Russian Germans in Germany um, because they, they do have those traditions and eat a little bit differently, but they are technically Germans. <laughs> so your in-laws moved back to Germany after the wall came down. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so your husband was a little boy. Artur was a little boy. Mm -hmm. So he primarily grew up in Germany, but his parents were born and raised in Kazakhstan and um, they speak Russian and Mm -hmm. they adopted some really beautiful things about the Russian culture. Um, And the way that your in-laws and their community celebrates Christmas is even different because of their background. Right, right. I would say even more so than the Russian influence is the Christian influence. Because as Christians in Russia during the communist time, they really had to figure out how they were going to do Christmas. Um, and what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to be a Christian in that kind of culture that was so anti-Christian. So, um, and then also in Germany, it's the same. It's so, um, it's just so spiritually dark here. And Christianity doesn't even have a say. Our, you know, Arthur last night was saying in the politics there's there's no Christian voice whatsoever. It's not even it's it's not even a majority. Not even enough to have to say. Oh, most Christians vote for this party because there aren't enough. So what's interesting to me about that is that here in the United States, um, we are very careful about how we approach the holidays. We try really hard to be inclusive. Um, some people don't say Merry Christmas. They just say Happy Holidays. Mm-hmm. We don't want to yeah. leave anybody out. That's kind of our American mindset. But mm-hmm. in Germany, which um, does not even have a big Christian population, Christmas is very sacred and um, very loved and celebrated there. Yes, it's huge. We hear about the German Christmas markets. Yeah. They start, they don't even start in December. They start often mid-November, towards the end of November. And every city, every village has a Christmas market. It doesn't matter how big the village is. And... Um, Can you describe you know, what, the, what the Christmas market is like? Yeah. It, I mean, it depends where you go. In a, in a small village, it would be... Obviously, it'd be smaller. Um, and there might be a little bit more of a religious 
touch to it. So they might have a nativity scene. Um, and there might be a wood carver who has like little nativity scenes that he's carved out of wood. In general, they provide warm drinks, the glue vine, the warm spiced wine, chestnuts, cre- crepes, um, lots of food. It's kind of like a carnival. And then they have lots of booths with local crafts and, and it's really neat. There are rides for the kids, but it is very like a state fair type kind of thing. And there's not much about Jesus at all. If then it's a nativity scene, but otherwise it's, it's all about consumption and tradition. You guys do tradition well in Germany and, um, you lived in England for five years and celebrated Christmas in mm-hmm. England for five years. And uh, the Brits also do tradition extremely mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. what kinds of things from the German culture or the British culture or even the Russian culture have you and Artur incorporated into your own way of celebrating Christmas with your family? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that one of the things that we love about both Actually, I think all three cultures, they don't do just one day of Christmas, but they do two. So in England, it's called Boxing Day. In German, it's just called Second Christmas Day. Nice. (laughs) Very original. And that day, everything's closed. And most of the time, people just spend that day either maybe with their other side of their family that they missed the first day of Christmas or um, they have friends over. And it's just about the community and the fellowship. And, and I love that about Christmas here. So you have Christmas Eve and then first Christmas and then second Christmas. This sounds like a Hobbit thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for a second Christmas. (laughs) It is. It's really fun. And often you eat leftovers or you have another party. I know lots of people whose mother-in-laws like to have parties on Boxing Day. (laughs) I have a friend who has a (laughs) mother-in-law. It is. A lot of my friends say, oh, my mother-in-law's having her party. Aww. Which I think is neat because then the pressure's off to have to v- pick which in-laws you go to on which day. or Well, and to like, you know, we have this inner pressure that we put on ourselves, this expectation of creating the perfect day. And that does yeah. take the pressure off because then you can spread it out and you can include more people or have more downtime or do whatever you want to do. But you mentioned the sense of community that these cultures um, include Mm -hmm. well in the holidays. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think for the Germans, they do the holidays a little bit differently. So Christmas Eve is when you open the gifts. And then Christmas Day is truly just for having a feast and being together. We personally as a family don't do it that way, but we still try to enjoy the slow um, time of just being together, sitting on the couch and relaxing as a family, taking lots of walks together and having a big, long meal time. Mm. And, and it's just wonderful. It's relaxing. The kids play together and there's no pressure. There's, there's just no pressure to do it perfectly or to have things in order or yeah, anything like that. Often there are no church services on Christmas day. And so where does community fit into that? They invite a lot of people over on those couple days. The Christmas Eve is usually for family, but then Christmas Day and second Christmas Day, 
people just come and visit. When we were at Mom and Papa's, cousins drop by, people from church drop by, and it's just things feel more open. The houses tend to be more open. People are on the streets walking around because there's no there's no work. Nobody's everything is closed and they're just enjoying each other. We're just spending time together. So when you guys got married, how did you decide what traditions you were going to observe coming from your different backgrounds? And did you create any new traditions of your own as a family? And then how did it change when you started having children? You have four children ranging from almost three to eight years old. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in the beginning, we we were in America the first two years. And so we kind of just went with the American traditions because I didn't know a lot about the German traditions, except that they opened gifts on Christmas Eve, which I wasn't interested in. So I think it's it's been a little bit of a journey over the years. When we moved to Germany, then we just did it the German way because we celebrated with Archer's mom. But then we quickly had children and then we, well, not just Archer's mom, but his parents. And then we had children and moved to England. And now it's in, evolved into a multicultural Christmas, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have adopted traditions from all three cultures. And and now we're definitely set in our ways. And, and they haven't changed much because we had children quite early on in our marriage. Does that answer your question? Yeah. There were, were there things that you, that were really important to you to bring into your family um, that you didn't want to let go of that you fought for? Yes. Uh, opening gifts on Christmas Day, I really fought for because the children, when they open on Christmas Eve, they tend to stay up very late and then they still get up early on Christmas Day. And I just, I just love the sparkle and the joy of when you're a kid, knowing you're going to wake up on Christmas morning and, and get to open those gifts and mm-hmm. spend the rest of the day playing with them mm-hmm. instead of opening them on Christmas Eve and saying, good night, toys. <laughs> And then not being able to sleep because you're so excited. Right. So, and the other thing I've also fought for are stockings. In Germany, they do boots <laughs> on... <laughs> like when they do the um, fireman boot thing here and you put the money in the fireman's boot? What kind of boot uh, no. is it? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different. Is it it's your on... boot or is it a fancy yes, Christmas boot? so it's your boot. So you it's just take boot. your boot out of your closet. Right. Okay. And because all German children have little boots. Yes. And (laughs) on the 6th of December, it's called St. Nicholas Day. And then you put your boot out the night before, so the 5th. And then when you wake up, there's candy in it. So that's what they do. And and I don't know if that has evolved into the American stocking today, but I just love stockings. And I loved opening my stocking when I was a kid. And I want to have that for our children. When we were little girls, when we woke up on Christmas Day, and we have a brother too. So when we were little girls with our two sisters and our brother, we were allowed to open our stockings without mama and daddy there. Yeah. And it was full of candy and little gifts and chapsticks Mm -hmm. and little toys or, or whatever it was. It was all age appropriate. And that was so much fun. It was like our secret time to yeah. open our presents without mom and daddy there. And but then, we had to wait till each one of us was awake. Yes, we did. 
which meant that maybe we were going to wake them up. (laughs) But then once we were all gathered, we had that special time just as siblings. And then we would go um, see if mama and daddy were up so we could open our big gifts. But I have fond memories of that just as siblings and doing that together and sharing that joy together. Right. Yeah. And that's what I want to do for my kids as well. When your husband, Artur, was growing up in Kazakhstan, they didn't have a lot there. Um, and so Christmas looked very different for him as a little boy than it did for mm-hmm. you as a little American girl. And mm-hmm. our, our parents didn't have a ton of money. We were just middle class, but um, mm-hmm. it, it might seem very extravagant to somebody who grew up in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Well, they did get usually one or two gifts. It was difficult for their parents to go shopping because, you know, you have to understand communist time, they would just stand in line to receive a pair of pants or a pair of shoes. They didn't, you didn't go to the store and like buy stuff. You just had to receive stuff with a coupon. And so often his gifts were handmade by his papa and it wasn't about the gifts because they didn't have many. So they did very German traditions. They had Christmas tree, they, um, which they cut themselves from the mountains. And they also, you know, they opened gifts, the one or two that they had. And their uncle used to come and dress as Santa Claus. <laughs> but um, in general, it was very, it was very Christ-centered because there wasn't much else there. They did a lot of singing together as families. They got gathered together. He comes from a really big family. He has dozens of cousins and they just all would come together and they sing hymns and just spend time together. Was this allowed under the communist government? By the time Arthur was little, things had lightened up enough that the, that they could I think he could even go to church. It used to be that children weren't allowed to go to church. His parents weren't allowed to go to church as children. So by the time he was a little boy, the government had lightened up enough that they could do those kind of things. And this would have been in the 80s. Yeah. So when you got married and you took your very American idea of Christmas with you into marriage, and we had a very typical Christmas celebration in our family, and we had lots of presents under the tree. What did, how did marrying into a family whose Christmases had historically been so Christ-centered for no other reason than they didn't have the resources for the distraction, but also because they are godly people, Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted to have a a Christ-centered Christmas. How did that affect what your thoughts were about what Christmas meant and how it should be celebrated? Oh, it, I, I was deeply affected. I will never forget my first Christmas with them. I was 18, and I believe we all drew names. So we all got one present, and it wasn't about the presents. They were more like an afterthought. Uh, and there's nothing—they don't have anything against presents, and we don't either. But it wasn't the main thing about Christmas. And we first went to church and just— had our service and then we got home and the, we ate dinner. This was on Christmas Eve because they don't do a lot on Christmas Day. 
other than just spending time together. And then after dinner, we sat down and we sang hymns and then we prayed and then we all opened gifts. And I'll never forget just my, my awe in, yeah, <clears throat> I didn't, I, I just didn't realize what it, Christmas could be like. And, you know, um, and we grew up with parents who really centered Christmas around Christ as well. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a great job of reading us the Christmas story every year and really trying to talk about Jesus. Right. And we also, as kids, you know, we, there was fellowship. We had grandparents there sometimes for Christmas Mm -hmm. and, but there's just something different about Archer's family, about just even praying together like they did. Everybody prayed and I, I, I don't know. It was just, it was just really beautiful. You're right. Our parents did a great job of focusing on Jesus throughout the holidays. We observed Advent, which is looking forward to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we we read scripture every night. We prayed together every night. We did that anyway. We had prayer circle after dinner. But as you talk, I think there's something different in how your in-laws celebrate Christmas. And I wonder if it has something to do with living in a country where they had so little and Mm. living in a country where as children, your in-laws couldn't go to church. Mm -hmm. And um, that's different than our American Christianity. Yeah. They really, they had to think about how they did Christmas a lot and they had to celebrate Christmas in a way that was not done very much, especially in Kazakhstan. And it's not done in Germany very much like that either. And so it was very intentional and thought out and they also knew what it meant to be they still know what it means to be persecuted as Christians um, because of their belief in Russia and so I think the meaning for them of Christmas goes really deep You have been listening to the Mundane Faithfulness podcast with Blythe Hunt an official production of the Mundane Faithfulness blog you can find us on the web at mundanefaithfulness.com or on Facebook at mundanefaithfulness.com slash community. Subscribe now to hear the weekly podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcasting application. Help us spread the word. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Thank you for supporting the Mundane Faithfulness community.